Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Is your host, Amon Gray. What's up, Harrison? Welcome into the show. Welcome to the Amon Green show. I'm your host, Amon Green. Got my man Harrison on the ones and twos all the way in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm here in, uh, I'll say just outside of Houston, downtown Houston, Texas at my house. So everything's going well. I need to shave a little bit. <laughs> How you doing, Harrison? Doing good. I'm sure we're doing a little cooler up here in uh, Nebraska. Winter is truly starting to hit, it feels like. I think walking in is around 35, 33 degrees. Ooh. So winter is here. I'm sure you're doing a lot better in terms of weather down there in Houston. Yeah, it was uh, a nice day. Um, it started, what it is with winter here down south where it's warmer during the summer, obviously, mm-hmm. it uh, mornings start off like in the 30s, in the 40s, and then Every hour on hour, it basically kicks up five to 10 degrees. So it started at 30. We ended it up like around, I think it felt like 60, 65, 70, maybe. It was still a little crisp in the air. Was able to get a little workout in. I've been uh, fiending for a workout. So I went out in the garage, put some stuff together, and just like, hey, because it got a ton of box, kind of like what you see behind me is down in the garage, too. (laughs) It (laughs) looks like you're walled up in there, like you got your own fortress going behind you. I, I do. I kind of like it because it keeps the dogs <laughs> out of here because it's like some boxes that you can't see that's over to my left that kind of keep like it's almost like Indiana Jones is like a really <laughs> small corridor that you kind of you got to go sideways through like that. And the dogs. <laughs> I got big dogs. They like, no, nah, we don't want we don't that don't fit. I don't fit through that. So it helps that part. Um. So, yeah, I was like, I got to get a workout in. got there, warmed up, did a little treadmill stuff and. And then today was a yoga day, so I did some yoga, and my uh, granddaughter that's with me, she jumped in as well. She was doing her three-year-old um, yoga yoga move, so <laughs> that's about it. So, yeah, good good stuff going on here. Um, but got some big stuff in the esports world got to talk about. In the video game world, I'll say. Video game world, we'll kick it off with that, is that E3, the electronic entertainment expo that's been around for 23 years something that i told myself when i went to my first one back in 2009 i will go to this event event for the rest of my life that's what that's how fun and variety of stuff that they have of the event in terms of entertainment and video games i'm like i will be at this i'll make sure hell or high water i'm gonna be here so the only thing that kept me away from there is COVID. yeah what is so, uh, what's all that e3 because i think a lot of people just associate it with video games but what is yes. all that e3 so e3 is basically one person like me a gamer's dream to go to because <laughs> it's everything in the video game world that is there and the whole culture is there of video game world so anime is there in terms of video games and Actors, voiceover actors, directors, the, the companies that make majority of the anime games are there. Mm-hmm. Then sports games are there. EA Sports, 2K Sports, they're there. And then all the big other big companies that make the, the fun RPGs like Ubisoft with Assassin's Creed um, series to um, 
Riot with uh, mm-hmm. League of Legends and now Valorant. Epic is there, Fortnite and Rocket League and all the other small indie companies down from there. Uh, Microsoft is there with their big host of games. And so every summer in the first half of June, you basically have everybody in the video game space and the business converge on Los Angeles. And for that whole week from like, usually it's like April, June 6th to 7th, the 13th or the 14th. And every day at the LA Convention Center, you'll see big booths of new games dropping, of new controllers, PCs, monitors, special controllers. And you'll have interviews being done on these big stages that are put out in the LA Convention Center from, you know, voiceover actors, Hollywood actors that are in games or a movie, a video game that's been turned into a movie or vice mm-hmm. versa, a movie turned into a video game. You just, and you, it's basically a who's who in the building in the Los Angeles convention area there, all in downtown central, downtown um, Los Angeles. So I say a big event that is now gone. It's going to be, it's an announced today that since COVID has been, um, it was canceled in COVID. Then 21, they kind of did it a digital thing mm-hmm. online where they had all the people, all the companies kind of al- announce, do what they do in person, but did it online. And it was okay. Obviously, it's nothing better than the real thing. And then last year, they canceled it. And then this year, this past summer, they canceled it again. And then the rumor started filtering, like, is it going to be canceled forever? And now today, reading the article, it's all over the video game websites out there. So I'm on uh, Kutaku right now. Mm-hmm. And it says uh, from, it says E3, the video conference that has taken place annually in Los Angeles since 1995. So my freshman year, which I did not know that. So that was a good year. Um <laughs> So the first line says, since 1995 is officially dead. So after several years of struggles and rumors of its demise, it ends with a confirmed in the Washington Post exclusive interview with the president, CEO of the Entertainment Software Association, Stanley Pierre, Pierre Louis says, so Pierre Louis or Louis, Pierre Louis told the Washington Post that after then two decades of hosting an event that was has served as the central showcase of the U.S., and global video game industry e3 will be no more so basically out of a line like, of a video game it's like it's it's done and it's so, comp- so is there any chance is it say anything about it coming back in the possible future or it's just dead no no it's it's no chance like they they did mention it says this year's event was also canceled and as were those for 2024 and 2025 so that oh, then man. ignited rumors that it would never return. And then it was killed by companies reducing their presence at the event. So I could speak on that right there. Uh So that's an interesting comment right there because I remember at the 2019 E3, I'm at a booth. I'm actually, I went upstairs. They have like a whole bunch of different little compartments to the convention center, right? Yeah, it's massive. I've seen pictures of it. It's it's huge. You could probably get lost in that place if you wanted to. Exactly. So I go upstairs and it's like, all the rooms that they have are like meeting rooms, small meeting rooms mm-hmm. that companies rent out. So you got companies like Astral Gaming Headsets, uh, HP, Alienware, um, Microsoft, 
Ubisoft, whoever, you know, name, name, your, name a gaming company or a peripheral company, they're there. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the actual gaming room. Two good things. I say two. It was two good things and one bad thing out of this conversation. So the bad thing was I'll go. I'll start. I'll leave with the bad stuff first because we're already leading with it now. Is that <laughs> the guys that that were the marketing directors and some higher up administrators with Astro Gaming Headset, which is a big headset company, mm-hmm. basically said, you know what, man, they had big like I jumped in the conversation kind of halfway through the conversation i said what's up they say yeah we're just talking about the fees that we have to pay as a company to come to e3 so there's convention floor fees so if you want a, a 10 by 10 space you're looking at somewhere between 100 to 200 dollars per square foot whoa you know exactly <laughs> that'd be scary so, if you're like kind of one of those newer you know say you're a newer company too trying to make your way into e3 that's a that's a big bill up front to try to get in there. So if you're an indie company where you're literally just starting up and you look up the the areas five by five, 10 by 10, you know, square, 2,500 square feet to 7,500 square feet, you're like not even thinking. You'd be like, look, you know what? I'll just have my employees walk. We'll walk through the convention center and just hand stuff out. <laughs> we'll take you a closet if it's open. <laughs> you had people do that. You had companies just walk around and hand stuff out people instead of buying space because it got expenses over, over the years. But. Part of the reason is that it's a nonprofit organization that runs the E3 event. That's what I just read here. I did not. I knew. I knew something had was. I knew nonprofit was floating around there. So obviously, with everything going on in the world, as we uh-huh. know, just in the world in general, inflation has been rising since before you were born, um, and it's continued to rise. So paying the bills is priority for any company. So E3, even though it's a nonprofit, had to pay the bills. And obviously raise the prices on these vendors and we're talking about microsoft activision or we well microsoft activision now because microsoft bought activision blizzard mm-hmm. uh epic you're talking about riot gaming ea sports ubisoft and on down the line and some of these big producing companies developers that have worked with microsoft like uh raven soft that makes call of duty they partner with um activision blizzard and who also been bought by microsoft so mm-hmm. For seventy billion dollars this year, so so it's the money that's there that was like drawing in or drawing away people like Astro Gaming headsets, um, Logitech Gaming saying, "Look, we're not we're not splitting that bill no more." So that's how the conversation ended. And the other good thing, fun thing from that conversation, which I haven't seen yet, I've been waiting as patiently as I possibly can, is that you remember the video game Def Jam Vendetta that came out. Sounds really familiar. I, I yeah, right. maybe if I saw a trailer, I could yeah, count right. it, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you ch- check out trailer. But I know you're eight. I remember you're a young guy. So Ninety nine. Yep. Remember <laughs> that. I gotta remember that. So it was a game that came out in 2001. So what was your? You were born. Ninety nine was when I was born. Okay, so just got two, in under 2000. Old. Yep. So yeah, you you so yeah, you wouldn't have been crossing the game with this <laughs> yet. You hadn't played this game yet, but it is out there. Uh, and it came out on PS2, and I, I bought it. As soon as I heard, like, I read the description, it said Def Jam Vendetta. I'm like, a Def Jam? Okay, we that's mm-hmm. a record company. What are they doing in the video game space? And so I read the synopsis, and it basically, like, had all the rappers that was on Def Jam Vendetta's label. So at that time, was, like, Exhibit, Ludacris, uh, Cameron, okay. a few other people, you know, headbangers, Fat Joe, <laughs> Big Pun, you know, headbangers. So they put those rappers I just mentioned in the video game. So they were wrestlers. They were like MMA guys. They were 
uh, uh, kick, kickboxing. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, jujitsu style and all this. So you could create the character. First, those characters, those actors, rappers were in the game. But then you could create your own character in the game. And so fun game. I played all the games they did. Def Jam Vendetta, Vendetta 1. Part 2, uh, Fight for New York, was with uh, Snoop Dogg was the villain. And then the last one was Def Jam, Def Jam Vendetta Icon, where I think Fat Joe and Big Pun were like part of the main plot. They always had a plot with the with the with the gaming side of it. Mm-hmm. A, it was a story RPG within it. You play the matches. You could do straight up one on one, or you could do the story mode and play the game itself. And so, I walk in the room with the same people that's having this conversation about E3 and it's too expensive, this, that, and the other. And I see a guy walk in with a Def Jam Vendetta Letterman's coat that has this, the logos on it from the video game. And I'm like, hey, you, <laughs> don't you tell me that you got, y'all got Def Jam Vendetta about to come back on the scene. He's like, yep. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, can I be first on the list <laughs> to have my copy? I was like, oh my God. So we talked, we exchanged phone numbers. I got his name. I'm, I'm, I emailed him a couple of years ago because of COVID. And I'm like, so where's the, he said the game will come out and then COVID hit. So I'm like, pretty sure it got delayed, obviously. Yeah, just like I'm everything like, else did. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so all this time, I'm like, where's Def Jam Vendetta? Like, who's going to be in it? Like, current stable of Def Jam rappers, I don't know who they are. I just want to know, <laughs> is it going to have that fun? nostalgic part of it where you had rappers like you had snoop dogg kicking everybody's butt oh he could come back for that game too he'd still be in the mix i'm sure they remade it now i mean so yeah it started with him like he started in death jam vendetta and now he's in call of duty and Fortnite and everywhere else madden ufc one of them (laughs) ufc matt yeah he's doing it so he's been doing it that's the thing people don't realize but that's how long this conversation so i was 2019 and then boom 2020 hit and then the end, beginning of the end for E3, and I'm just like, man, I know a lot of people, uh, companies, big companies to small companies that were involved that used that, you know, they had their budget together to make sure they were there every year to advertise their new mm-hmm. product coming out. And so this is going to hit the industry hard. I say more from the fan side of it, it's more nostalgic because this is a place where, like for myself, this is where one summer, my me and my son went out there to play Madden. And I was like, I knew Madden was there, right? Mm-hmm. And and I said, hey, we could go to the Madden booth. He was a, a junior in high school. I said, hey, we could go to the Madden booth, hang out. You know, I know some of the guys. I don't know how long we could stay because sometimes they got a time limit on how many, how long you could play in there. So we got our room, got to our room, checked in. We get over there, and we're playing. We go in for the first round, and I see one of the guys that used to come to Green Bay to do the host of Packer little uh, launch parties for us when Madden would come out every year when I was on the team, and. He said, yeah, he said, go ahead. You could, y'all could take that booth right there. So we started playing Madden. And not kid you not, Harrison and chat, we got there like, let's see, the doors open at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard. Yep. We got to the booth probably about, we probably got there around 11, 12, 13, 12, 11.30 to the booth. We didn't get off. We didn't get out the booth. It closes around 5 o'clock. We got out to that booth when it closed. <laughs> they did not say a word. They let us play. 
we were playing all through the Madden Ultimate team. We were playing all through the different games. And then we jumped on that. This is when NBA Live was still out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, NBA Live, EA Live was still out. And we, we jumped on the NBA game. We we're playing everything. They just let it. I was like, uh, Mark, do we have to leave? They was like, no, 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 no. You good. Play, play. <laughs> just... We spent the first day of E3 playing Madden and uh, NBA Live. It was hilarious. It was so fun, though. So, I hope you paid him for like, the full uh, full worth of the copy at the end of it. It sounds like you got your money's worth just in one day. No, yeah. right <laughs> they definitely got money out of me. They got they got that part of me. But it was just, you know, moments like that where you know, kids and parents, because you could demo some a lot of the games there. Um, I got some stories that I could kick to later on uh, in this show because I know we got other stuff to talk about. But, yeah, it was just... Just hearing this, like man, yeah. So that's real a quick, whole another reason help, I used to go to California. Help me out here. Where, so where did the money dry up again? So it's a nonprofit. Uh, obviously, the square footage is very expensive for a lot of these smaller companies if they're trying to space yeah. to get into. But is it just renting out the space where there just wasn't enough funding, or where was the funding insufficient where this whole thing just had to completely fizzle out? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it says, you know, E3 organizers were promising a reinvent. So they were trying to reinvent the showcase uh -huh. over the last few years to bring it back. So I'm going to read more in this article between now and the first break here to find out what exactly it was. I don't know, reading it earlier and then knowing what I know from, like I said, my friends that are in the industry are working at these companies that go out is they obviously a nonprofit mm -hmm. running the, the E3. The price is getting raised on the spaces. So that tells me just not reading the article, but going to get it done in a minute here. That tells me then all hands that were out there, most of those hands were volunteering, but mm -hmm. some of them people probably had to get paid. And so that's where, you know, charging a company to pay employees, some of them volunteers, because remember, this is a nonprofit, but some bills have to get paid, mm -hmm. like the CEO, the people that run the everyday advertisement throughout yeah. the year i mean it's a massive operation i'd hope you know it's, yes. that's a huge operation to be completely non-profit that's like a you know six months of a free you'd be doing a job for free for you know an entire year just trying exactly. to organize that whole thing exactly so having all the overhead for that i'm pretty sure was not a uh a small a small dime yeah that's a, a lot of big money but it just like comic-con in san diego Again, it drives off a of nostalgia of gamers, of companies that are trying to bring the next big thing to a gamer mm -hmm. and to a culture of gaming. And under, you know, getting that understanding down, if you master it, then obviously you're like, right now, Epic. Epic is killing the game. Activision Blizzard, now Microsoft, Activision Blizzard are killing the game. And I, and I say killing the game because they understand the process. They understand, okay, we got a product. Let's just keep changing. Some of it's the same, but then... Some of it, we changed little details about it, like in Fortnite now, what they did, the big change. They got Lego Fortnite now. They didn't partner with Lego. Yeah, I now, saw those trailers just popping right. up yesterday. Is, is that yes. like, maybe we have to talk about this later at some point, but it feels, yes, like, sure feels like Epic Games is just taking over everything. Like it feels Domination. like every single trailer, I get to the end of it and it's like, oh, there's Epic Games again. I guess they're in the bunch with these guys now too. They got their own server. So just like Steam. So Steam is a PC game server yep. that you can log in online for free and you pay for the games that you download. And you pay anywhere from $5 to $25 or $60 for a PC game. Epic has that now. They've had that for actually at least four or five years. They have their own client. They have a 
Epic client that you download to your PC mm-hmm. or uh, maybe a handheld or a laptop, and you could upload other games. So they partnered with, I think you could download stuff like Madden from there and 2K and Vampire uh, Stories or Vampire Diaries or something like that, and other RPGs from other gaming companies like Assassin's Creed and you know, and then on top of that, Rocket League and mm-hmm. Fortnite that's already there, along with their in-game transactions from the micro sales that they do with all the skins and all the big updates. Like I said, the biggest update right now to to face is now they have not only Lego, where you could play as a Lego character in Fortnite. Fortnite also announced, or Epic also announced that they have a, a racing game coming out with the Rocket League cars and the Fortnite characters that you create, have created or are in the game to drive that you can use to drive the Rocket League car. So I'm like, genius. They killing it. Those guys just sound like they're taking over. That might be do you think Domination. if you had to put your money on it, is that one of the big gaming companies of the future? Like, do you think what they're doing right now with the it seems like a lot of free to play stuff with the subscription based service? If you want a little bit of extra um, service in the game, a little bit of extra features that maybe you pay the subscription with the model that they seem to be attacking everything, do you think that's going to be a prominent company uh, for many years to come, or do you think at some point maybe people kind of get tired of that? pay subscription uh, fee uh, and rather have a full story game fleshed out instead of I'm just paying for decals on a character or a map or a right. skin, whatever it may be. Well, I don't know if they're going to fizzle out. I'll say this. They're setting themselves up for the future. Yeah, so definitely got a foundation. Uh-huh. They got that part mastered to where in the next 10 years they can run on cruise control mm-hmm. because they have so many areas of revenue coming in, not just from the game, but partnering, like partnering with these companies, when during we go for we come off our first break, I'll jump in my Epic um, account server and show and talk about the games that they have partnerships with. Because if they're selling games from EA, Activision, Microsoft, um, any other developer out there, that means they partner with them. And so they're basically there's a revenue share. I know it's a revenue share involved in there in some way, shape or form. It's anywhere from 10 percent to 20 percent revenue share. So every time that game sell. Epic is getting 20%, 80% is going to Microsoft, it's mm-hmm. going to 2K Sports or something like that. So that's great business plan planning for Epic and the other companies too, because that means their games are being seen everywhere, not just at GameStop, not just at Best Buy, on, or on the websites. It's at other clients that are that you could download. Riot has a client. Riot is more client, it's more directed to the games they have, you know, League of Legends, Valorant, and TFT and a few others. But Epic client is basically like going, basically going to Best Buy. You'll have other games there. You won't just have uh, Fortnite and Rocket League. You'll have a dozen other RPGs, mm-hmm. a, a few other sports games, and keep you involved. So that's the biggest thing about business. You know, business, when you go, like I'm working for my MBA right now, and the way of a good business, they diversify, right? That's how you continue to stay relevant. That's how you continue to grow. And Epic has mastered that. They basically found out the meta, as we say in the gaming space, when we're researching a game and how to find the best way to win. That is the meta. They have it down pat with a few other companies and they're partnering with these companies. So they're making it where as a fan, there's no hope. There's no (laughs) no way in hell you're going to not spend money on something. (laughs) Excuse my language because they got me. I remember, Michael, I told you this with with Activision Mm -hmm. when when Call of Duty download a snoop dog on there i was like all right you got me i said i'm definitely <laughs> down i'm downloading snoop dog and just recently trying to think what was i playing 
it was something either on Madden or Call of Duty again. I can't remember. I know but Call I of Duty's know big on the celebrities, getting celebrities somehow involved in the game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was COD. Yeah, it wasn't. I can't. I'll, I'll think about it. It popped back in my head. But what I do know, like I said, they're killing the game too. Mm-hmm. Is when I'm playing Warzone and I had Nicki Minaj take me out. I'm like, hold up, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Let me know when she logs on. I want to know how much time <laughs> she puts in on Call of Duty. Because if she's in this game, that tells me she plays Call of Duty. And I oh, I would not want to, if she does play, I would not want to be in her chat because I know she's a trash talker. I 100% know. Oh, hands down. Talks trash. Hands down. There's no question about that one regardless. She talks trash in her music. So it's like, I know it's going to filter into Warzone or multiplayer. Oh, she's going to be. I'm about to bust your head wide open, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You suck. I'm like, oh, God, we got Nicki Minaj talks talking to me. I got to get off the game right now. Yeah. It's just that era we're in. It's absolutely crazy. We do got to throw the break here, Bob. We did have yep. ProBit. He was asking if Bandana was on PS2. Um, he actually did his own research. He says, never mind PS2. I still have yep. the original copy. So old school like I you got to have the physical company. So shout out ProBit. And again, if you guys want to tune in, 402-464-5685. Start Heyman text line. We'll throw it to break here on the Amon Green Show. I'm Harrison on the ones yep. and twos. I'm on Green, host as always. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit.